It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. Every day. It is good to have you with us right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 238. I am your host, Chris Russell. And as we try and provide you as much content as we possibly can, we are getting after it. A pre-week two OTA edition of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Certainly, you hope that the Redskins do not suffer any more major injuries like they did in the first week and in the first uh, practice session as we detailed last week. On episode number 233, uh, 234, uh, and 235, talking all about Reuben uh, Foster and his season-ending injury, and, and then John Bostic uh, being signed in place of him. Hopefully that doesn't happen when the Redskins reconvene at Redskins Park uh, on Wednesday for media session. Uh, they are actually practicing on Tuesday, um, May 28th, so... Depending on when you listen to this, it may be after that. You know, basically, just work with us here on the dates. Uh, but the bottom line is, is the Redskins are trying to uh, get the work done that they need, but also uh, not get injured and not suffer any more catastrophic losses uh, like they had last week. All right, so let's get to this. I wanted to continue to roll through Scott Allen's piece in the Washington Post on Dan Snyder's 20 years of ownership uh, with the Washington Redskins and kind of a detailed year-by-year kind of synopsis uh, of how he came to power and how things have gone so terribly wrong ultimately for the Redskins uh, over the 20 years. We left you in episode number 237 uh, with 1999, 2000, 2001, so we'll pick it back up. Uh, and again, this is all courtesy of Scott Allen and the Washington Post, WashingtonPost.com and the D.C. Sports Blog, and we also put it up on Twitter. In 2002, Dan Snyder, after firing Marty Schottenheimer for a year, uh, and again, this is after firing Norv Turner and after firing Charlie Casserly and replacing him with uh, Vinny Serrato, the Redskins and Dan Snyder hired Steve Spurrier, then one of the hottest college coaches and Uh, You know, the old ball coach, offense, pass the ball around, sling it around, whatever. In Steve Spurrier's first year, the Redskins were 7-9. and He had Shane Matthews at quarterback, who went 3-4 and in games that he started. Danny Waffle at 2-2. and Patrick Ramsey, first-round pick, 2-3. and Uh, The Redskins added guys like Ronaldo Wynn, who I loved, uh, Jeremiah Trotter, of course, Ramsey, first-round pick in the draft, Liddell Betts, um, and... This was, of course, when Vinny Serrato got rehired uh, because, again, um, Schottenheimer, and and this was one of the things we didn't get to in the 2001 year, Schottenheimer signed a four-year $10 million deal, right? And then fired Vinny Serrato as his director of player personnel. 
<laughs> a couple of weeks later. Uh, and, of course, Dan Snyder did not like that. So then he hires Vinny Serrato back after he fires Marty Schottenheimer, right? So he hires Vinny Serrato back. Uh, he hires Steve Spurrier. Uh, and he signs him to a five-year, $25 million deal. Uh, and, of course, they the Redskins had five Florida quarterbacks uh, and wide receivers in Spurrier's first year. And, of course, everybody's making fun of them, calling them basically, uh, you know, the Florida Redskins. Uh, and they went 4-1 and one in the preseason, averaged more than 30 points a game. And then in week one against Arizona, Shane Matthews came out, passed for 327 yards, three touchdowns. They won. The Redskins eclipsed only 30 points in one other game that year after coming out and winning in that week one uh, shootout. So, you know, I mean, obviously it went south very quickly as Steve Spurrier figured out guys that he liked in college and guys that he knew in college and had in college couldn't play in the NFL. In 2003, Spurrier's, as it turns out, last and final year, the Redskins were a horrible 5-11 and 11. Uh, under Spurrier, they added Lavernius Coles uh, via free agency. Uh, they traded for Trung Candidate uh, and also lost, of course, to retirement, Daryl Green, uh, Big Daddy Dan Wilkinson. Uh, starting quarterback was Patrick Ramsey. Uh, and as well, Tim Hasselbeck started five games uh, for the Redskins. And even though they added Coles, they only averaged just under 18 points uh, per game. And started the season 3-1, and one, which they've done several times, but lost 10 of their final 12 games. Of course, that led to the famous soundbite, okay, we wound up 5-11, and 11, not very good, from Steve Spurrier. And indeed, 5-11 and 11 was not very good. And look, um, <laughs> Spurrier was then let go. Uh, he resigned a week later, uh, but... The bottom line is, is essentially it probably was a mutual decision uh, because Snyder and Spurrier realized it wasn't working uh, good. So then he begins his search for the fifth, fifth head coach, including interim Terry Rubisky, again, after firing Norv Turner. And who does he settle on? Joe Gibbs, part two. He lures Joe Gibbs out of retirement 11 years after Gibbs had retired as a three-time Super Bowl champion. Vinny Serrato still in place, but Gibbs has final say over roster decisions. Somehow, someway, Dan Snyder shocks the world. Again, lures, um, you know, again, lures uh, Joe Gibbs back out of retirement. They make the trade for Clinton Portis. Then a young running back coming off of two huge years with, ironically, Mike Shanahan and the Denver Broncos. They add Mark Brunel via free agency. They draft Sean Taylor. They draft Chris Cooley in the third round. Of course, the Portis deal led to them trading uh, Champ Bailey in that particular deal. Bruce Smith also gone at this point. So, again, 2004 comes, and it's a 6-10 and record in Joe Gibbs' first season. And who could forget that first game against Tampa when Clinton Portis rips off that nearly 70-yard touchdown on his first play uh, from scrimmage as a member of the Washington Redskins and back with Joe Gibbs uh, in the fold. Now, uh, the Redskins also lost John Jansen in preseason that year. That was a killer blow. Uh, and again, the 
Redskins had made a, like a little decision in, in the broadcast booth. They had let go of Frank Herzog, the legendary voice, and put in the current voice of the Washington Redskins, as Scott Allen reminds us, in Larry Michael. And it was a 64-yard touchdown uh, on that first carry for Clinton Portis. So now in 2005, we skip ahead there, and all of a sudden the magic starts to come back. The Redskins finished 10-6 and in year two under Joe Gibbs. Mark Brunel, 9-6 and as a starter. Patrick Ramsey started one game. They acquire Santana Moss via trade from the New York Jets. They draft Carlos Rogers, number nine overall. They draft Jason Campbell uh, late in the first round. So, again, two first-round picks, much like this year. Hopefully this year will go a little bit better uh, for the Redskins. They lost Fred Smoot, Antonio Pierce, Lavernius Coles. They traded Coles uh, to the Jets for Santana Moss and, again, uh, drafted Rodgers and Campbell. And then they expanded FedEx Field to 91,000-plus uh, seats. They were 5-6 and six after a Week 12 loss at home to the San Diego Chargers. I remember listening to that game on the radio uh, the week after th- – Thanksgiving, I believe that was, or maybe the week before Thanksgiving, one of those two. And then the Redskins went on a magic carpet ride and won five straight, including the last regular season game of the year in which they thoroughly dominated the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, I believe in Philadelphia, and then beat Tampa Bay in the first round of the playoffs before going out, and that was in Tampa, before going out to Seattle one week later. And that win against the Buccaneers, 2005 was their last playoff win. They have not won a playoff game since 2005. We continue our look at 20 years of Dan Snyder, a celebration all week long as we chronicle uh, with lots of help who did all the work. Scott Allen of the Washington Post, he did a tremendous job uh, doing this, but Uh, For those of you that like to hear about all this stuff, and some of it is good and some of it is, well, a whole lot of carnage, we're going to go through it and spend a lot of time on it. Why? Because we have the time uh, this week with it being the offseason and OTAs uh, just kind of, you know, kind of in the the process, if you will. All right, we're coming back on the Locked on Redskins podcast. I am your host, Chris Russell. As always, make sure you follow at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins on Twitter, as well at Locked on NFL Net at Locked On NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram for NFL coverage from all 32 teams from all of our local podcast hosts. As well, remember to get this show every day. Subscribe to the Locked On Redskins podcast on the new Himalaya podcasting app in an ever-expanding podcast world. You need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked On Redskins, yes, yes, you do, absolutely, and as well, this show brought to you by Hotels.com, in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own Hotels.com. Get rewarded basically everywhere, Hotels.com. Be there, do that, get rewarded. People, go on a summer vacation. Lord knows I need one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, we're back on the Locked On Redskins podcast. It is episode number 238. Good to have you aboard with us. I am your host, Chris Russell. And we want to tell you that the Locked on Redskins podcast is brought to you in part by Grip6, where their goal is to literally make the best belt that's ever been made. Grip6 is an easy, thoughtful gift for dads, brothers, husbands, uncles, grandpas, and even moms and wives. Please see our women's collection. Ultra lightweight, no holes, no flap, and it carries a low profile with the buckle laying flat against the waist. Making the belt super comfortable. A Grip6 is the only belt with no holes, no flap, no bulk. Grip6 has a special offer for you at grip6.com slash L-O-C-K-E. That's grip6.com slash L-O-C-K-E. Guys, Father's Day not too far away. Grip6.com slash L-O-C-K-E. And we thank them for being a part of the Locked on Redskins podcast. And again, you can get the Locked on Redskins podcast on the new, brand new podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, uh, Megaphone, Player FM. And when you get in your car, please tell your smart speaker device to play podcast locked on Redskins. All right, so we continue our look uh, via, again, Scott Allen at the 20-year history of Dan Snyder's ownership. So after the Redskins win their last playoff game in 2005, and everybody's feeling good about the direction of the franchise under Joe Gibbs Part 2. 2006 is a disaster. They're all the way back to 5-11. and 11. Mark Brunel struggles. He gets replaced by Jason Campbell. He's not much better, uh, of course, as a young player. Uh, the Redskins brought in Al Saunders to call plays. Remember the crazy playbook, 700 pages uh, around there. Uh, they... Dra- uh, they they trade for or they sign rather Antoine Randall who later on became my broadcast partner on Redskins TV uh, and is just a good dude and is now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as an offensive assistant uh, with them Brandon Lloyd uh, as well and, and, and of course Dan Snyder ultimately bought a couple of radio stations uh, one of uh, all three of which which I wound up working for for five years how about that huh in a previous life. Uh, and he said he would buy the Washington Post at that point. Um, <laughs> whatever. Uh, so Dan Snyder, in in this particular year, again, the Redskins uh, say goodbye to LeVar Arrington. He's clashing with the coaching staff. They bring in Antoine Randall. They bring in Brandon Lloyd. Uh, the offense is still a mess. Uh, Portis injures his shoulder uh, in preseason, making a tackle. He's limited to eight games. Uh, they signed Adam Archuleta via free agency. He was a complete disaster, and Greg Williams' defense finished 27th in the league in scoring defense. And quite honestly, the offense was limited because, uh, partially because Brudell was not effective and Portis uh, was, uh, again, banged up right from the very get-go. Fast forward to 2007, and as it turns out, the most tragic year in Redskins history and the final year that Joe Gibbs would be the head coach and the Redskins finished at nine and seven. And, um, you know, what else can you say about the legacy of Sean Taylor murdered in his home in late November uh, and uh, just horribly unfortunate after a, a, a game in Tampa. Now he did not play in that game. 
Uh, he was not expected to be home. Burglars in his house, uh, and he never made it. Uh, Dan Snyder, of course, uh, at that point, charters a flight for players, coaches, other team employees to attend Sean Taylor's uh, funeral on a short week. The Redskins uh, lose to the Buffalo Bills um, in which Greg Williams starts the game with 10 players uh, on the field. They're five and seven. Then it's the short week for the funeral. Uh, after the murder, it was the the loss to the Buffalo Bills, and then the short week for the funeral, and then Thursday night football. I remember against, and it was just frigid against the Chicago Bears. Jason Campbell had been hurt in the Buffalo Bills game, so Todd Collins comes in uh, and replaces. Actually, he uh, uh, Campbell had been hurt early in the Bears game, I should say, to make it worse, and so Todd Collins comes in. Uh, and replaces him. The Redskins win, and they never lose again and sneak into the playoffs uh, as a wild card. Yeah, it's just an amazing, again, magic carpet ride. They did lose to Seattle again in Seattle again, and that was the last of Joe Gibbs. And he would never return, of course, to coaching again, even though there were some rumors that maybe he would be interested in something. But Joe Gibbs, try and true, a Washington Redskins. Back to uh, 2008, and a new head coach, Jim Zorn, replacing Joe Gibbs after a crazy search in which the Redskins were expected to hire Jim Fossil. Uh, then they changed at the last minute because they had hired Zorn, uh, who was then the Seattle Seahawks quarterbacks coach. Uh, as their offensive coordinator, he had no head coaching experience. Fossil pulled out. Uh, others did not want the job, and ultimately, somehow, someway, Jim Zorn wound up going from a quarterback's coach, which has happened before Andy Reid, so on and so forth. Um, I think John Gruden actually did the same thing and obviously had success, uh, and Andy Reid had tremendous success, but not so much for Jim Zorn, although at first they were 6-2, and two, uh, winning game uh, week four. Uh, over the Dallas Cowboys, Dan Snyder all fired up, the hip-hip-hooray chance, and then the Redskins lost six out of eight. And I remember on the final week of the season in San Francisco, uh, Clinton Portis just crushing uh, in a radio interview, Jim Zorn basically deriding him as a quote-unquote genius for a head coach, and it was not a compliment, I can tell you that. And then in 2009, Jim Zorn's final year, and this was my first year on the beat. The Redskins were 4-12. and Jason Campbell, of course, the starter, uh, and he played in all those games. Albert Hainsworth was added. Brian Arakpo was drafted, number 13 overall. And the Redskins, of course, again, signed Hainsworth to a seven-year uh, deal worth a max of $115 million, and he was a complete and total bust. Uh, Jim Zorn and the Redskins lost in week three uh, in Detroit. Uh, and that was the Lions' first win since December of 2007 as they went winless in all of 2008. And in weeks one and two, I was there for that game uh, at Ford Field. Uh, and it was after that game that apparently, if you believe Mike Wise, then of the Washington Post, now of uh you know, various different outlets. He worked at ESPN for a while. Mike Wise wrote that Snyder or flew back to Washington and then 
uh, and I don't think that was with the team. I think that was on his private jet, but the team went back to one. And then Snyder and Serato and other henchmen hopped back on Redskins 1 and flew out to Denver to meet with Mike Shanahan and offer him the, the, the head coaching position. And, of course, Mike Shanahan did not want to take over at that point, just a couple of weeks into the season, but clearly the seed was planted, the bug was planted, and basically the writing was on the wall that Mike Shanahan was going to be the next head coach of the Washington Redskins. And sure as you know what, that happened, a 4-12 and year that first year. Uh, Hainsworth kicked out of practice on Christmas Day as they were playing out the string. I remember flying to San Diego, actually to Los Angeles first, then on to San Diego for the final regular season game of Jim Zorn's head coaching area. He's now a head coach in the XFL with the Seattle franchise. He would catch on with Baltimore as a quarterback's coach after that. Jason Campbell would hook up with Malcolm Kelly for, I believe, an 83-yard touchdown catch and run. That was his last big moment. Uh, that was the only time I was at uh, Jack Murphy Stadium, Qualcomm Stadium, beautiful weather day. Uh, but the Redskins had hired Bruce Allen three weeks before that uh, to be their new uh, president and GM, or actually their new GM and executive vice president of football operations, uh, again, with about three weeks left to go in the season. Snyder, of course, um, as Scott Allen details in the Washington Post, uh, sued 125 season ticket holders who had asked to be released from their multi-year contracts uh, over a five-year period. Uh, And he called Bruce Allen a proven winner, which to some degree he was. To a large degree he was. It just didn't work out that way here in Washington. All right, we're going to leave it with 2009. We'll begin the Mike Shanahan era in the error and era in the next episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast. That will be episode number 239. So we'll have the Mike Shanahan era and error uh, in episode number 239. We'll come back and we'll wrap this episode up. Uh, We will do that next right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 238. Thanks for being with us. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And we're back right here. Episode number 238 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. I am your host, Chris Russell. Thanks for being with us uh, as always. Thanks for downloading us. And as well, make sure you check out the new Himalaya podcasting app in an ever-expanding world. And podcast world, you can get their personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked on Redskins. Um, Wanted to get to this. I actually forgot about this story, but I wanted to attach it and make this basically all about Dan Snyder and kind of the look back uh, at his ownership because that's so um, 
you know, kind of on everybody's mind, or at least it is on mine. Uh, Peter Pearl did this profile of Dan Snyder in the Washington Post back in September of 2002, and I found it uh, kind of fascinating. Uh, it talks about a story of, uh, you know, playing uh, racquetball with uh, Dan Snyder, who played at that point, don't know if he does still uh, racquetball about three times a week, and, and Peter kind of details uh, that from the first time uh, that they met at Redskins Park about six weeks before to propose writing an article uh, about Dan Snyder. And Dan was already kind of hesitant, saying, quote, you're going to trash me. The media always trashes me. And again, remember, this is 2002. This is just a couple of years after Dan Snyder um, buys the football team. But again, he's already fired Charlie Casserly. He's already fired North Turner. He's already hired uh, Marty Schottenheimer. So you have the, you know, that situation. And then they talk about cigars uh, and talk about drinking beer and talk about racquetball. And Dan Snyder basically uh, says, you know, we'll play for money. And he says, how much do you got? And he says, not quite as much as you. And again, Dan Snyder at this point had already bought the Redskins for $800 million, the most ever paid for uh, a sports franchise in North America. And at this point, is again 37 years old. Snyder in this article and in this feature is quoted as saying, I smoke cigars, I drink beer, I play racquetball. I'm a guy's guy. I'm a guy's guy. <laughs> so Snyder apparently uh, agrees that they can hang out and, you know, uh, you know, maybe spend some time together. Uh, and Dan Snyder eventually uh, drops this term that he's going to open up a can, and he says, I'm going to open up a can of whoop-ass, according uh, to the article in the Washington Post. So, again, a lot of it is about the man behind the man, racquetball. They're talking about uh, all the nuances. Uh, then they're t uh, the, the author kind of details a story of, of Vinnie Serrato uh, playing Dan Snyder, again, in, in racquetball. There's no football in this, but... The author then details what Dan Snyder kind of does on game days. It says, Daniel M. Snyder gets so nervous on Redskins game days, he spends a good deal of his time in the bathroom. How about that? He has the seemingly boundless enthusiasm and energy of a child, an internal engine that is always running on one of two speeds, fast and faster. Uh, he's excited by new things, products to sell, players to sign, marketing ideas to try out. He just can't often wait until the morning conducting much of his business in late-night phone calls, and he doesn't like to sleep. He wolfs down burgers and ice creams and loves going to movies. His frenetic pace and constant motion prompted Tanya, his wife of eight years, to give him the nickname The Torpedo. <laughs> um, and he basically, you know, of course, details how he kind of came to fame and compared to you know, Boy George, but not Boy George of the Culture Club, of George Steinbrenner. And ironically, uh, The Danny which then is basically a one-time reference to the Donald, as in the President of the United States. He's also voted the Sports Jerk of the Year for 2000. Uh, somebody compares him uh, to rooting uh, for Saddam Hussein as being a better choice. Uh, and again, the feature and the profile, and we'll put it up uh, at Locked Redskins, is pretty darn cool. Uh, and it just kind of details a lot of stuff that you don't know. There's quotes from Sonny Jurgensen. There's all sorts of background uh, about Dan Snyder. It's really, really neat. We're going to, again, po 
post the whole thing up at Locked Redskins because I don't have enough time to go through it all, uh, and I didn't want to go through it all uh, with you guys. I just wanted to highlight a bunch of it. Uh, it is a really cool uh, piece on how Dan Snyder, again, rose to ownership and the man behind the man from Peter Pearl, uh, who did this feature back again in uh, parts over the late summer and early fall of 2002 in the Washington Post and WashingtonPost.com. That's going to do it for us right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 238. Thanks for being with us. I'm your host, Chris Russell. Adios. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.